Yes. Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Today we are learning Maseches Ksubos Taf Tzadiches, and we're starting at the Mishnah, two-thirds of the way down, almost two-thirds of the way down on Tzadi Zion, Amud Beis. The Mishnah reads as follows. If a woman was machra, she sold a field for the sake of her ksuba. So machra ksubasa omiksasa, she sold a field in order to capture her ksuba or even only part of her ksuba. Or mashkana ksubasa omiksasa, or she put up a property as a mashkon for her whole ksuba or for part of her ksuba. Or nasna ksubasa laacher omiksasa, she gave over the field to a friend for the sake of collecting for her ksuba or for only part of it. Then the halacha is lo simkor es hashe'ar ela so let's say let's say that she only uh, sold uh, properties to get to fifty percent of her ksuba. So the Gemara says losim she'ar. If she wants to go back and sell more properties in order to get to her full ksuba volume, she's not allowed to do that elabevezdin. So we place a limit on her, even though she has yet to collect her full ksuba. The halacha is this way. Oh, I shouldn't say the halacha is this way. The Tanakama holds that if she uh, does something with only part of her ksuba, then she can no longer do the rest of the sale of her ksuba unless it's in Bezdin. The Chachamim Omrim completely disagree. Let's say she wants to sell five properties. Each of them is a fifth of the cost of her ksuba. No problem. She can do them outside of Bezdin. So we have a machlokas between the Tanakama and the Chachamim. And everyone agrees that when it comes to food, that she's allowed to do that outside of Bezdin. And all she has to do is, she has to write, she just has to say that it's for the sake of Mizonos. Again, we're at the end of the Mishnah, the Mishnah closes with a piece of Gemara that we learned uh, that we learned yesterday in Yantifu, Grusha Lo Timkor that a woman who's a Grusha, she can only make a sale for her Ksuba in Bezdin. Masnisan money, who is the author? of the Tanakama's Shita in our Mishnah. Let's review. The Tanakama of our Mishnah was of the opinion that once a person makes a partial sale, they could know once a person, once a woman makes a partial sale of a property to try and capture some of her ksuba, let's say she only get, collects 50% with this property, and now she wants to collect the next 50%, the Tanakama said she no longer has the right to do the normal sale of a property, now she can only do it in Bezid. So the Gemara asks, Musni, send money, and the Gemara responds, Rav Shimonhi, our, our Mishnah, <coughs> <laughs> the Tanakam of our Mishnah is Rib Shimon. The Tanya, the Brisa writes as follows. Machraksubasa, if a woman were to sell land equal to the cost of her Holksuba or Mashkanaksubasa, or if she places a piece of property as collateral for her Holksuba, or she makes her ksuba collateral for another person. In all cases, ain la mezonos. What does Rib Shimon say? <laughs> <coughs> just like our Mishnah, that even if you only sell a partial, you still lose your rights to sell them. And that, of course, aligns with Rup Shimon and the Tanakam of our Mishnah and Rup Shimon match perfectly. But the Gemara has a problem with this because in an unrelated sugya, we see that Rup Shimon doesn't hold to this templating like we have over here in our Mishnah. The Memra, is that to say, 12 lines from the bottom of Tzadi Zayin and Mabez, is that to say, the Rav Shimon Sabar, the Lo Amrina Mixas Kesef, Kichol Kesef, that we have a different halacha when she has Mixas Kesef, when she only has part of the money owed to her versus when she sells a property worth her whole ksuba? Does he hold that those things are not the same? The Rabbanon, Sabre, Amrinon, Mixas, Kesef, Kechol, Kesef, and the Rabbanon would agree that whether or not she sold part of the property or all of the property worth her ksuba, that there is no, that there is a difference. How can you say that? 
We have a brisa that seems to tell us that Reb Shimon holds the exact opposite in this regard. Now, this brisa has to do with a Kohen Gadol. We know that a Kohen Gadol can only marry a particular woman, and the, the brisa gives us some of the details. The Tanya, the brisa writes, The Pasuk says, uh, this is a Pasuk uh, in Vayikra, the whole Pasuk reads, the Kohen Gadol, Now, of course, we know that there are many ways for a woman to lose her besulim. She can have right. Tash Shamita. She can be a Mukas Eitz. She can be a Bogeres. And just as she ages, um, uh, the integrity of the Basulim disintegrates. And she may not have a Basulim at all by the time she gets married, by the time she's older. happens. These are Shilas that happen all the time nowadays on the night of a Chuppah. A couple will say, we're not sure if maybe we consummated our marriage. We're not sure, but there was no blood. We don't know. So it may just be that there was no basulim, but once a couple has consummated their marriage, so then we halachically assume that there was dam and they have to separate as a need. Again, this is only talking about a woman who was a basula. So a woman who gets married in her young 20s, she may not have a basulim at all, no blood at all. So these are, they're nafkaminas here in halacha. Uh, the post game, it's a very uncomfortable question about whether or not they actually consummated their marriage and if they should try again. These are, these are shilas in post game. And uh, every Masada Kedushan knows that they have to leave their phone on the night that they're Masada Kedushan because shilas come in all the time. They're real shilas that come in all the time. Anyways, this Bryce speaks about a Kohen Gadol and says, what happens if she's a Bogaris? The Pasuk says, He can only marry a virgin. This is to exclude the Bogaris. Rameir was of the opinion that the Kohen Gadol cannot marry a woman whose Basulim have uh, disintegrated, have gone away on their own. They say, there's nothing wrong with a Bogaris. You can still, the Kohen Gadol can still marry a Bogaris. She didn't sleep with anyone. She's still a Basula. What are they arguing about? The definition of a basula. Is a basula a woman who doesn't have a basulin? Or is a basula a woman who has had intercourse? This is the hakira that they're trying to figure out. Does does he inherently need to marry someone who has a basulin? In which case, whether or not there's Tash Mashemit is irrelevant. She could be a Mukas Eitz also. He won't be able to marry her. So that's the Machlokas over here. So the Gemara is bothered because what do we see over here by Rib Shimon? Rib Shimon was of the opinion that Machshirin be Bogeres. Bogeres, she, she doesn't have a basulin. So she doesn't have a basulin. And uh, also, in a case where she does have a basulim, they're the same. So that doesn't align with the Rav Shimon that we just saw in our Mishnah, where Mixas Kesef is not Kekesef. So we're looking at this broad alignment, a template of how to look at questions and answers. And the Gemara says that is not a good argument. Rib Shimon, Rib Shimon, Rib Shimon may well agree to the principle that we uh, that we laid out over here, which is uh, that a partial payment is not the same as a full payment. And you can't ask from a case of Bogaris to Basula. Why not? Because they're just, this is like the, the biblical exegetical, like how would we learn every letter in, in Chumash? That's difference between them. So it's different. It's not, this isn't the principle of, Full ksuba paid for partial. You can't compare full ksuba and partial ksuba to full basula and bogaris. It's not comparable because that was just darshaning psukim. And the Gemara now goes through, as we saw in a previous mesech that we saw in Yevamos, how this was learned out. Rameir Savar, basula, really, what does the Pasuk say? <laughs> the Pasuk says bifsuleha. But let's look at each part of the word. Basula, what does that teach us? Afilu mixas besulim, even if there's only part of the besulim. What does besuleha teach us? Adi ikakulu besulim, until we know that there's a full besulim. Bifsuleha, bichadarka in. There's a different halacha if they've had tashmir shemitah kidarka. 
regular normal intercourse, or shalok kedar kolo, there are different halachos. So the only time that she'd be limited, according to Reb Meir, is if the Tashmer Shemita was regular Tashmer Shemita. But Tashmer Shemita, shalok Darka would not be absolved for the Kohen Gadol to marry her. And all of that is the way that Reb Meir learns out the limud. What about Reb Elazar, Reb Shimon, two lines from the bottom, Sabre, they learn the Pesukim differently. The word besula in bivsula, how the root of the word teaches us, shlema mashma, it implies that it should be a shlema, that it should be a full besulim. However, besuleha, it teaches us a filu b'mixas besulim. So therefore, the halacha would change a little bit. And as we turn to the top of Tariq Esmer Aleph, the final part of the drasha is bivsuleha, sheyihu kol besuleha kayam and ben bichadarka, ben shalokadarka. Reb Shimon has a totally, uh, totally strong strict line, no Tashma Shemitah, even Shalokadarka, that would be a psul for him, even though there's no basulam when it comes to be a Shalokadarka, it doesn't matter. She cannot have intercourse of any kind. So the Gemara is basically responding. We understand Rib Shimon as it relates to our Mishnah, Rib Shimon is our Tanakam. How can you say that Rib Shimon is of the opinion that Mixas Kesef and Kesef proper are not the same? Hare, he distinguishes between a basul and a Bukeres. <coughs> Doctor, do you have one of those cough drops in your pocket? I'll take one. I'll start with uh, two, and uh, you can send me a bill in addition to my tuition. Thank you very much. We're good. I'll start. How much was my tuition, by the way? Can we discuss that? My tuition bill this year is $95,000 for my kids. Mine is zero. That was that, that was not nice. <laughs> that was the second best line in Doctor. Second best line. Second best line. Doctor, on your game. What can I say? So the Gemara the Gemara says, yes, our Mishnah is still the Tanakama is still Rib Shimon, and you can't ask a question for Bulgaris and Basul and Bulgaris in contrast with partial Ksuba payment and full Ksuba payment. They're just not comparable. And the Gemara says, how do we paskin? And the Gemara tells us a little bit of a story. Sari Chesamud Aleph, second line. Hahi itza, the tafsa, kasa de kaspa biksubasa. This woman wanted to collect part of her ksuba. She sees a beautiful silver cup. It's got the little 925 imprint in the bottom. She knows how much it's worth. It's worth 100 zoos. Her ksuba is worth 200 zoos. So she gets half payment with the silver cup. And then Katava Mizone, and then she wanted to have Mizonos. Now we know in our Mishnah, Rib Shimon would not have that. Rib Shimon would have said, once you made a partial payment, you have to do the rest in Bezdin. You can't just take things anymore. So also Lakame de Rava, they went to go ask a Shiloh from Rava. And what is Rava Paskin? Amar Lahu, no. Amar Lahu Liyasme, he says, Zilu Havale Mizonos. He says, you still need to feed her Mizonos. Why? Nobody holds of the sheet of Rib Shimon who says to Amar, uh, there's no such thing. We don't paskin like Rav Shimon. We paskin like the Chachamim. And a woman can make five different uh, grasps or grabs from properties in the within the home without Bezdin, no problem at all. She has to be uh, she has to be spot on. She can't take more than she's owed. That's Gneva. But if she says the Kiddush cup is worth a hundred and and the candlestick is worth a hundred and my Ksuba is two hundred, Shalom Ali no problem. We don't paskin like Rav Shimon. When a Gemara gives us a Misa about a Psaq, it's even stronger than a regular Psaq of like a Hilchasa in the Gemara. Because you have a Misa that comes along with it. The Gemara says that's because it's a Gadol Talmud Shemevi Lide Misa. Like learning is a wonderful thing. Anyways, let's continue. The Gemara now tells, um, asks a question. Six lines down. Shalach le Rabba Bere de Rava de Rav Yosef. When a woman is Mocheres Shalobe Bezdin, 
So this woman walks in, she wants to take the Kiddush cup. She knows that her ksuba is worth 200. She's an almona now. And she wants to take the Kiddush cup, which, which is worth 100 zoos. That's a very expensive Kiddush cup. So does she have to make a shvur? I mean, that's a great question. Something that we should all be thinking about because how can she just take stuff? Like, I, it's got to be like some checks and balances. So the Gemara wants to know if she's going to walk over and take the Kiddush cup, does she have to make a shvur? A shvur that, she, that she's taking what's due to her, that she's not overtaking. Oh, ain't which one? Says the Gemara, forget that. You should have asked a different question, that she should have full disclosure of all of her finances. Public record. She should be writing down, you know, Chana the Almona, she took whatever, a little public record. Omar Lehi says back to him, no. I'm not asking about a case of Hachraza. I'm only asking about a case of Shvua. How can that be? Hachraza, this public disclosure of her, of her, of her takings from the home, that was public. Everybody knew about it. Says the Gemara, because... When in the world of Rabzeira, there was no Hachraza. To Amar Abzeira, Amar Av Nachman, Almana Shashama Atma, and Almana, a woman who was collecting her Ksuba, and Shashama, she made an assessment on her own. Lo Asasava Lo Klum. That's what Rabzeira says. What does he mean? Hey, Chidami, what is the case where that happens? Ide Achruz, if it was a staple, a requirement for her to disclose all of the things that she took. Why would Rabzeira say that it's as if nothing ever happened? Of course, it's like something happened. It's publicly. It's like a, again a line item in the in, in what she did. Everybody knows what Chana the Almana took. Everybody knows. Elalav, it must be that in the case of Ribzera, Delo Achruz, there was no public announcement of what she took. And if she were to make the assessment on her own, it's a zero. But if other people are involved, then Masha Asasa then what she took is reasonable. So again, Hadra do we say that a shvua needs to be made when she takes something? Yes or no? And the Gemara responds, Le'olam, really, it's not correct. Really, even in the case of Ribzera, it was also the Achruz, where the prices were listed. But they said to her, Man Shamlich, who gave you the right to take this particular item? And this story that follows expresses this idea. Where a person um, had entrusted the Kisisa, this is like animal feed, of the Asomim. Ozal shama lenafshei be'arba me'azuzei. I care kam b'shismeya. He uh, was holding on to it, and it had a street value of four hundred, and then the price went up to six hundred. Also lekamei deravami, and he says, "Amar leiman shama, who gave you permission to do this?" So the Gemara is a little bit unclear here about what she's allowed to take and what she's not allowed to take. And the Gemara concludes, again, without enough Shaklavataria really to give us clarity in the Gemara. We do need Rishonim here to understand this better. The halacha is, and this is very strange, because we just said that Reb Zayra's case could also be Bahachraza. So why is it that we would now say that Hachraza isn't a requirement? Lemaisa, if a woman were to take a property toward her ksuba, she would have to make a shvua. That's the din in the Gemara. Next Mishnah, two-thirds of the way down on Sadi Chesim at Aleph. We're going to be stopping in about an Amud from now, about three-fourths of the way down on Sadi Chesim at Beis. The Mishnah writes, Almana Shahaisa Ksubasa Masayim. A woman's husband died. She was due a Ksuba of 200 Zuz. Umachra Shveimana V'masayim. She's good at her job. So she sold a property that was worth 100, and she sold it for 200. Next, or she sold it, not so good at her job. Or she sold a 200 Zeus property, perfectly equivalent to her Ksuba, but she did a bad job of selling. She didn't have the patience or someone swindled her. She only sold a Bimana. It's as if she received her Ksuba. Next case in our Mishnah. First case was a 200 Zeus. Now we have a case of a 100 Zeus Ksuba. 
Umachra, and she sold a property from the from the husband's estate that was Shove Monavidinarbemona. She sold a property that was worth 101 zoos, and she sold it for a hundred. Let's get the case crystal clear because otherwise we will not understand what's going on here. Her ksuba was only a hundred zoos. She took an item that was 101 zoos from the estate and she sold it for what for uh, for a mana. In cash, she got exactly what she deserved. However, what she sold was above the price point of her ksuba, even by one dinar. So what, is she allowed to sell that property? So says the Mishnah, absolutely not. You cannot take more than, that's Geneva. You cannot take more than you are allowed to take in order to pay yourself off. Even though the market value of that 101 is your ksuba of 100, it doesn't matter. You cannot, it's literally Geneva. You cannot go into someone's property and take 101 zoos when your ksuba is only 100. Not allowed. That makes perfect sense. The Gemara says, Machra Batel. It, it, it's a zero. It's not, it's, we look at it as Geneva. It's not even Geneva. The transaction did not happen. Zero. Didn't even happen. The Chachamim say, this is not right. This is not going to work. <laughs> Done. Afilu hi omeres achzer dinar liorshin. Even if she says, I'm going to pay back the one extra, doesn't matter. You can't take from the husband's estate anything more than what your ksuba is worth. Rashba Gomer. Okay, let's see how this works out. First of the long lines. Le'olam michrakayam. Really, it will count. Ad, and we're not, not going to go into detail here. We'll learn about this later in the Gemara. Not today, but tomorrow or the next day. Um, it does count. Uh, it counts unless there is a leftovers of Tisha Kaben. We're going to dig into these halachos at a later point. You can see Rashi here for some of the details here. Um, uh, we're not going to go into it now because we're going to spend a lot of time on it in the future. So that's uh, case number two. The Rajbag does have an exception to the rule. Last case of our Mishnah, four lines from the bottom. Rich husband. He puts together for her when they get married. They uh, She has a ksuba of 400 zoos. Then says the Gemara, says the Mishnah, she takes one property worth 100 and sells it to, to Ruvain, another property worth 100 and sells it to Ruvain, to Shimon, and then uh, onwards and onwards. And then for the last person, he sold, she sold a property worth 101, which puts her over the top. Now her total is 401 for her, for her, but only the fourth person was the one who got too much. There, what does the Gemara say? We don't aggregate the sales, all of hers. They're not all bad sales. Just the last one was a bad sale, similar to the previous. Why would we think this is any different than the previous sale? Of course, it should be Batel. Why would you assume... Why would you go back in time and say that the sale to Ruben and Shimon and Levi, which only totals 300 of her 400, why would we ever say that that's butter? That's the previous case of the Gemara, so we'll discuss that as well. Asks the Gemara, two lines from the bottom as the Gemara opens, Why is it that in the case of a property that's worth 200, she's a bad businesswoman and she only makes 100, you lost out, you're a bad businesswoman, your, your uh, ksuba is now done, even though you only have 100 in hand, but the property you took from the husband was 200. If she's going to be absorbing the losses, she should be absorbing the gains as well. 
So says the Gemara, why would we not say that in our Mishnah? What did we say in our Mishnah? This is a Ksuba. She's done. Says the Gemara, Amar Rav Nachman, Amar Rabba Baravua, turning to the top of Tzadik Chesim Beis. Kan Shana Rebbe, Hakol Lebaal Hamaos. Our Mishnah is like the Sheet of Rebbe. That's how Rashi explains here. Top Rashi, the Ramaskal, Kan Shana Rebbe, the Mishnah Senu, Lamadnu Rebbe, or Limdenu Rebbe. Rebbe taught us that everything really belongs to the Baal Hamaos, really belongs to the husband. So that means that, okay, that's her loss, granted, but that's still, it's still going to be her ksuba in both cases. Kiditanya, and this requires a few steps to get to where we need to get to. So let's hold cup for a little bit. Not very difficult, but it does have a few steps. Kiditanya. Let's say, Hosifulo achas yaseira. Um, a person is going to make a sale and they add one more thing in the sale. Hakol shaliach. So then the proceeds would go to the shaliach tivir of Yehuda. We're going to basically ignore this opinion for now because it has nothing to do with what we're learning other than it's the Baal Plugta of the following person. Rabiosi Omer Cholkin. Rabiosi says if there's extra money after the shaliach does what he does, remember the shaliach made a change. Now, I, I'm the owner and I say, I want you to sell this property uh, and it's uh, you know it's a property worth 100 and I want you to sell it and make 100, whatever, whatever I say. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to sell two properties. So what is about the extra cash? The shaliach made an extra decision. So what does Rabbi Yossi say? Cholkin. That the shaliach and the balabais are cholek. They split the proceeds. Says the Gemara, how can Rabbi Yossi say that? Vahatanya, Rabbi Yossi Omer, hamos. Not true. Everything goes to the balamos. So we have Rabbi Yossi against Rabbi Yossi. That doesn't work. And the Gemara's answer of Rabbi Yossi is our Mishnah. Amar Rami Barachama lo kasha. Kan bedover sheyesh lo kitzva. Kan bedover sheyin lo kitzva. It depends if the pricing in the market is fixed or if this is going to be an unfixed price. It's a negotiated price. And uh, we don't know yet what, what's what, but Rapapa will explicitly tell us. We already have our answer from Rami Barchama. And then Omar Rapapa, Hilchasa, Dover Shiyesh Lo Kitzva. If we're talking about something that has a fixed price and the Shaliach did a little bit more selling than he should have, and there's extra proceeds, Cholkin, that gets split between. The, between the Bala Bais and the Shaliach. However, and this is our Mishnah, when there's something that, that it isn't a kitzvah in the market at least, so then that is something where everything goes back to the husband and our Mishnah is like Rebbe as he understood uh, the Shita of Rabbi Yossi. And then the Gemara is bothered by the fact that Rami Barchama already gave us the answer of Rabbi Yossi. Why did Rav Papa have to come along and say, Hilchasa, Dover Sheesh Lokitzvah? We already had this halacha. Why does Rav Papa Double over on the comment, says the Gemara, my Kamashmalan, answers the Gemara, Rav Papa came along for an important reason. It's a very simple reason. We shouldn't be thrown by this. It's very simple. The answer that we got from Rami Barchama, distinguishing between Yeshlo Kitzvah and Einlo Kitzvah, and the two sides of Rabiosi, one where it's Cholkin, that's where it's Yesh Lakitzva, and one where it's all to the Balabais, where it's Ein Lakitzva, that was a real answer. And therefore, that seems to be the conclusion of the Gemara, like our Mishnah, as Rebbe understood our Mishnah, that everything goes to the Balamos, which really falls back to the Shita of Rabiosi, as Rabbi Barchama understood the Shitas of Rabiosi. Ibailahu, the Gemara asks a question, taking this idea a little bit further. Omar Le, the Balabais says to his uh, servant, he says to his shaliach, do me a favor. Zavin li lischa. Go sell me a property that is worth a lischa, or that's the size of a lischa. And then the shaliach, he's an aggressive guy, wants to impress the boss, looking for a raise. Ve'ozal ve'zavin le'kura. 
And then he goes and he sells a property. A kur is double the size of a lesech. And he sells a property instead of, I'm just going to change to our terminologies. Instead of it being one acre, he sold two acres of property. Says the Gemara, my. Do we say, and let's get into the lambdas of this. Do we say the shaliach was simply Mosif al-Dvarov? And yes, he sold a double side of the size of the field. But the lischa mihakani, the first acre, the first lesech actually was Kona. Or because the shaliach did more than he was asked. When the shaliach does more than he was asked, do we bifurcate the two things into two? We say, okay, the first half of what he did, good to go. Good to go. The second half of what he did, he went too far. Or do we say the shaliach is a rebel and didn't listen to his boss? His boss's instructions were to sell a lesech and he sold a kurv. So... I don't know. So I think of this as like in parenting, like sometimes kids do exactly half, maybe 49% of what you ask them to do. They did some of what you asked them to do. Do you praise them for that? Or do you say you haven't been listening at all? So this shaliach is that rebellious child. We don't, we don't know. We, we don't know how to respond. Do we say you did it half right? You get credit for half, and it's as if the proceeds will go back to the Balabais, the sale of the Lesech is valid. These are the this is the Khakir of the Gemara, third of the way down. Mosif al-Dvarvalishkami Odilma, perhaps. No, the Shaliach was Mavir al Dvaravu. You did not do what I asked. Doing half of what I asked is not what I asked. I didn't even ask you to sell a kur. I asked you to sell a lesser. You took my words, you changed them, you uprooted them, and you did more. So that's our question in the Gemara. And the Gemara says, almost halfway down, and we're going to learn about 12 more lines or so, and then we're going to pause for the night. Let's see if we can bring a raya. The owner of the house, I'll be the owner. And I say to my shaliach, please cut a piece of corned beef for all of my guests, a nice fine cut. The shaliach says, don't just take one piece, take two pieces. And the gluttonous guests, they said, the balabai said, only take one. The shaliach said, I could even have two. I've got a stomach to fill. I'm going to have three. And then we find out that really this meat is subject to me'ila, that you're not allowed to eat it in the first place. Says the Gemara in the Brisa, Kulan Ma'alu. The owner, the shaliach, and the people eating at the table all violated me'ila. Now, if you want to say that we do bifurcate the actions that he did well and the actions that were not done well, then we understand. Because each person stands in their own space. I understand. If you want to say, If you want to say that when the shaliach offers two slices of corned beef, it means he's not listening properly. And it means he didn't do what the Balabais asked him to do. If that's true, then the Balabais should not be chayev at all. Why not? Because if he would have given one piece like the Balabais asked him to do, he's simply an extension of the hand of the shaliach. I asked you to do X, you did X. You're me. I did a bris this morning. I said to the father, do you want me to be your shaliach? She responded for him. Yes. Yes, I want you to be the shaliach. And I'm like, it's not your mitzvah. He's like, okay, fine. I, I, you can be my shaliach. He and I are the same thing. Do I get the mitzvah do raisa, the kiyum of bris mila? No. 
I'm a facilitator. I don't know, whatever the language is. When he listens exactly, give them one piece of corned beef and he gives it to them. And he listened well. And it turned out to be Me'ila. That all falls back on the Balabais. However, if in fact the Shaliach violated what he was told to do, give them one slice. He's like, no, I'll give them two. You're a bad Shaliach. And if that's true, Shaliach Ma'al. So the Gemara is saying, maybe we have a raya, maybe we have a raya that Mosef al-Dvarov is really correct, that we do accept, we bifurcate the actions of what you should have done and then the additional. What you should have done, we accept, thank you very much for your service. What you shouldn't have done, we throw back in your face. That's what the Gemara is trying to bring a raya for. And says the Gemara, not necessarily, because in this case of Me'ila, what could have been going on the subtext, what was happening here that we didn't know about? The Gemara is going to present in Ukimta. He, he, he's very explicit. Yes, yes, my guests. Take the one piece that my that the Balabais wants you to have. A second one is on my cheshben. He's very, very, very clear about it. And in such a case, and then they took the third one. Yes, that may be what the Bryce is talking about, where all three of them are guilty. That's very possible. So therefore, we don't have a raya from this Bryce, because we just gave this to Kimta. We don't have a raya of Mosef al-Dvarov versus Mavir al-Dvarov. We don't yet have enough information. So tomorrow, we're going to pick up at the Toshma, six, seven lines from the bottom. We'll learn Daf Tzadi Tess. We'll learn Daf Kuf Amid Aleph, because tomorrow's Thursday. No sheer Friday morning, in person on Shabbos, and then we'll pick up again with the Yontif schedule. But we'll stop. We're going to stop here, and then tomorrow, we're going to take another uh, stab at trying to figure out whether or not the rebellious Shaliyah, we embrace what he did, at least in part, or not. We'll stop right here. Wishing you all a beautiful night. I didn't say nothing for Sunday. I didn't say.